This is the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. We have your back with everything from games, lessons, and coaching. YouthworkerCollective.com Welcome to the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. I'm Jeremy Steele, and I'm here with Mike Rollins. Can you tell me where you serve and where you're from and all that? Yeah, I'm Mike Rollins. I serve at Christ United in Mobile, Alabama, and I'm from Panama City, Florida, originally. And right, and you know, just full disclosure, I hired Mike as a youth intern for his first paid youth ministry job. 14 years ago. 14 years ago. He's been doing youth ministry for 14 years, which makes him a mega veteran uh, in youth ministry and that's really what we're going to talk about. You know, the one of the statistics that people toss around that's just not true is the 18 months statistic. Right. Like, they misquote a statistic from the 80s. They'll either say at a church for 18 months or sometimes just in youth ministry for 18 months in general. That's I not, didn't get the memo. Nope, that's not true. The statistic right now is about three years at a in any given church. But making it 14 years puts you in the top single percentage points of, <laughs> of youth pastors as far as experience is concerned. So that's what I wanted to talk about. Kind of on two fronts is the longevity in youth ministry. So the idea is both, you know, you spent at one of your churches, you were there for eight, eight years, years. <laughs> eight years. So both like, how do you stay at one church for that long? And then two, how do you kind of go the long haul in youth ministry in general? So I think let's talk about the second one first. Uh, how do you how do you last fourteen years in youth ministry? Yeah, it it's hard. I mean, you have the up and down days where things don't seem to be going the way you want them to go. And what do you mean? Re- Give us a story. <laughs> <laughs> Put me on the spot with a story. <laughs> Uh, you know, like, you don't have to talk about today. <laughs> okay, good. Because um, today is one of those days. Um, no, you like you get back from camp and you get bombarded with, oh, you for, you need to send out this email. You need to do this, this, and this, and you just kind of get away from that camp high. You know that we talk about mm-hmm. students having all the time. We get it too. When you get back, it just feels like everything gets bombarded on you at once. Or like you have the days when you are talking with students and they tell you the worst of the worst when they're just down in the dumps or are contemplating you know committed suicide or whatever mm-hmm. and we're dealing with that and that's one of the big problems with youth ministry is it is such a relational job you can't leave things like that here at the church it kind of always follows you everywhere you go go back to the camp thing yeah because that's a real deal that's one of the things i've watched people explode like or implode their job at a place because they have a bunch of kids get really serious about their relationship with Jesus and they come back and like they overspend the budget and if they feel like nobody's giving them credit for the good stuff, nobody's celebrating with them when they come back and they come back to like all the negative stuff. So, I mean, obviously you've been doing youth ministry for 14 years. Like that's happened a lot. Right. How do you recover from that? How do you deal with it? Yeah, I think a lot of it is you kind of have to celebrate the highs Mm -hmm. in the ministry and help you see all that. Um, And also just talk about it a lot. Mm -hmm. Like try to overcome the negative with the positive. I mean, you're going to have to address those negatives of the budget or whatever it is. But don't forget that that's not the main purpose of the job. 
I mean, like, it's important to do all that stuff. But what happened that week or that weekend, don't let that get overshadowed by the negative for sure. There are usually specific people. Right. At least in my experience, Mm -hmm. you call them the bean counters, Mm -hmm. right? Their job is really to make sure that the church is staying on task and that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. That group of volunteers, lay people, and staff people are the ones I think often that do that. Right. And so I, I think that one of the things I was always intentional about is going to those people after an event, not weirdly, but, you know, (laughs) stopping by or catching them in the hallway and sharing those stories with them, Mm -hmm. you know, just so that I knew that they knew. Yeah. (laughs) It helped me. And sometimes it even might help them understand, you know, Mike might have gone over budget and he understands he went over budget, but there was positive that came out of that. Right. So what are the kind of negative ways that people react to that that you may have seen over the years that just don't help either the church or the person who's trying to stay in youth ministry? In general? Yeah, yeah. 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 Or right. specifically. Or I mean, you don't have to name names. Yeah. Please don't tell them how I did it. Right. Uh, but. Well, I mean, like Jeremy before. <laughs> no. It's also really hard whenever you first get to a new place at a church and you're compared constantly mm-hmm. to the guy before you. It's a real thing. I mean, it happens. Yeah, yeah. It's going to happen. And that can be really tough because you want to honor what that person did. You have to build those relationships with those kids who love the person before you. Right. And so that can be really hard for yeah. sure. What about with those other staff? Like when you come back from a retreat, the two big negative things I've seen people do is ignore it, right? They don't engage with the negative. Like they don't respond to it. Then people just get kind of lost and, and feel like they haven't been heard. And then the second thing is like people kind of get violent, you know, like right. arguing about it and saying, I just got back from a right. youth retreat. And neither of those two seem to end up well, right. you know? That's kind of how, where I'm at today. <laughs> so yeah. you're at that yeah. place today. So, how do you not start yelling at that person? Yeah, you have to kind of just know they're doing their job and know that they aren't coming at you like you're doing things completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, they have responsibilities just like we do. Just respect that and you know help them understand like, hey, I just got back from a camp. I didn't have Wi-Fi. I didn't have service. I apologize. <laughs> right. I didn't respond right. in a timely manner. But I will give it to you as soon as I can this week. Right. And, and you were to... here for a week before the last time you didn't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, like, trying to keep that cool head, you know, if you have to say that, you leave campus, go get a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. kind of decompress a little bit, then knock it out. Well, what about the comparison games? What do you do in that situation? Because that's another thing I think you're, you're right. Like, that can wear on you. Mm-hmm. And especially if you are in places for like three years at a time and you kind of keep moving. Like my experience is that dissipates over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. But it can feel very acute if you're moving that often Mm -hmm. and you get to this place where like nobody ever cares. They're always about the last person. Mm -hmm. So how do you deal with it when you're like in the thick of that comparison? You know, there's a rule, that unwritten rule probably written somewhere that we really don't change much in the first year. I wrote it. Oh, so it is written somewhere. I wrote it. Actually, in fact, that's, it's funny you say that, hey. Mike. In a book called Now That You're a Youth Leader that's just about to come out, people should buy it. Mm-hmm. So People should buy it. Just can find it on Amazon, yeah. Now That You're a Youth Leader by Jeremy Steele. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is a rule where you don't change stuff right. for a year. Because people don't like change. Right. And so like, if you come in day one and try to change everything, then they're automatically going to not like you. 
That's good. And I didn't ever think of it like that, but that does minimize the comparison, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Because, like, if you're honoring the stuff before, that's one part of the comparison trap that you're not going to be... So, for, like, the first year, you know, honor the guy before you by continuing that on. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we also don't talk bad about each other. Right. Um, oh, that's huge. Know. And so, you know, if Jeremy was before me, I wouldn't be like, oh, Jeremy's awful youth pastor. You know, you right. should like me better. I would, like, say, oh, he's an awesome guy. He writes books. Uh, you would say... Now you know, that you're a youth leader, right. fail little Amazon. <laughs> So you would just say things like that, you know, try to pump them up a little bit and help people see that, like, it's not a, I like this person, so I can't like this person game. Mm-hmm. You can like both. So I think that's a big part of that. Yeah. I had the gift early in my youth ministry to follow people who crashed and burned. Oh, yeah. That's good. In a major way. Right? <laughs> right. And in those settings, it really sometimes feels good to be compared to them. <laughs> Because people are saying, oh, wow, things don't suck like they used to. <laughs> but at the same time, you, you still have to do the same thing. Right. Right. Because if you talk bad about that person, there's always kids who like mm-hmm. that youth pastor was meaningful in their lives. Right. You don't want to be that person. So I think a couple of times you've actually had the other experience following somebody that was really, I've, I had that. How do you go? Everybody I followed was awesome, if you're listening. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. Of course, all of those people. But when you follow somebody who's done good, you Mm -hmm. have a higher level of that negative comparison. Right. What do you say to a volunteer that comes up to you and says, we used to go to this thing and do it this way, and it was clearly better because... We had these kids here at that point that are not here at this point. How do you respond to them? I'm sure that that event was amazing and that it was life impacting in some way. After the year break, of course, I would like to try this because I believe that this event will be just as powerful for our students. It's just as awesome for our students to to learn from. You know, just kind of the same thing. You just don't bash the the guy before you and say, like, he did an awesome job. I think that. The way he did things was great, but we're all gifted differently. Right. What about in yourself? Mm. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do with that? Yeah, because I, I find myself playing the comparison game in my, in oh, my, yeah, in my brain all the time. Because you'll hear, so-and-so's not here anymore, and you're like, well, wh- why not? Like, well, what do I not have that the person before me had? You know? right. And so you just have to remember that we're all created differently. We all have different unique skills like Liam Neeson and um we just kind of <laughs> some of us are good at finding kidnapping victims right yeah and others of us are good at youth ministry right exactly so you just pick your battles you have to remember that and just you can't play that comparison game in your head because you'll you'll drive yourself crazy and you won't see those good things that do come out of your ministry and out of everything that's happening because you're always comparing it to the past okay so I think there's something that people don't want to talk about a lot but it's a real issue, I think, in longevity, and that is pay, mm-hmm. right? Like, when I first hired you as a youth intern, right? you were being paid not enough. Right. You had zero experience, so you were being paid commensurate with your experience. Right. <laughs> right? But, it, but the reality is, a lot of times, youth ministry is not the highest paying job, so... I think that's part of the issue of people not staying around for a a long time. Do you think so? Yeah, I think it is. How did you deal with that? It's hard because every church I've served in, I've I've loved the students. I've loved the 
love the people that I worked with and like love what I did. But you have to kind of remember you have to take care of yourself too. Right. Um, in that sometimes there can come a time when they can't compensate you when you know that you're worth more and you have to make that a hard call. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember it, you're not doing it because you hate the students. You're not doing right. it because of that. You're looking out for your family, which is important. Yeah. I think that's huge. I, I remember I went to a conference where a guy named Mike Iaconelli was speaking one time, and he did this talk, I think, every year at this conference, and the idea was that it basically that your youth ministry is a job, right, and you need to treat it as a job. Mm-hmm. And if you're not getting paid well enough in the job, you need to, to quit the job, but hopefully find a new job first, right, right yeah. and, and move on. But I think that and, and it was really freeing to hear somebody on a big stage with thousands of youth workers right. there say that to you because it kind of gave you permission to, We over, I think we can over-spiritualize our jobs. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah. How do you advocate for more money bef- you know, in, in, a, in a position that you'd like to not leave? Right. Things are going well. Yeah, the one experience I really have with this was people were moving positions and stuff, and I was trying to get up, mm-hmm. move up into a higher position. And so I, I had to advocate for myself, you know, mm-hmm. that I thought that I would do an amazing job right. at it. And basically, you know, you have to sell yourself, basically. Right. You know, I was there for X amount of years. You show numbers, because a lot of yeah. people are numbers. People, mm-hmm. you know, how it's grown from this to this, blah, blah, blah. You know, you try to, you just lay it all, all the cards out. And if they agree, then they will graciously give you a raise. But if not, then right. I think that's how I've dealt, dealt with it. Is, yeah, and I think, and I think if not, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. And like, when you enter into that, you need to just start becoming okay with, mm-hmm. I can leave this place. Right. Right. And maybe they don't, and you want to stay, and you end up staying. But... If that happens, if you say, I need a raise, and they say, you can't get a raise, and you say, but I really need a raise, and I'm good at my job, and they say no, and you just stay indefinitely, you've got to understand... You're never going to get a raise. You're probably never going to get a raise. Right. And you just got to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. You're welcome to choose that path, but that's generally not a path of longevity in youth ministry. Right. And so I think you, if, you, if they say no, then you... You look for other places and mm-hmm. find a job that pays more. And that's the, that's the other thing. If pay is the reason that you're leaving, you've got to find a job that pays more. Right, yeah. You can't go to, like, the same level. Or I, I mean, there are times that, for whatever reason, you take a pay cut mm-hmm. or, you know, there, there are reasons to do that. Yep. But I've had people leaving because they weren't making enough money and go to a place where they're making less money. Right. And then that's usually the last place they serve. Yeah. Right. All right, so we're talking about longevity in general in youth ministry last question for you how have you not burnt out yet yeah um, or maybe you have burnt I, out. oh yeah i have <laughs> um i think everyone has um plenty of times and like you just have to remember those highs of the, the good things that's happened one thing i really struggle with is i overwork myself because mm-hmm. i want to do a good job i want to do everything to the best of my ability so i neglect my, myself and i find myself pulling out my laptop on the weekends and working instead of like going to New Orleans and hanging out there or, you know, like doing something fun for myself. So I think doing that is really important. Self-care is really the way not to burn out. Right. Um, And when you feel like you are burnt out, you can pull back. What I guess I feel like I'm hearing you say is you can pull back. Right. Recharge and come back at it. Right. The other thing I think sometimes people feel like is when they burn out, they've got to go. Right, yeah, no. You can work through that. Um, Because what I've found is, like, there's 
seasons to this job just like there's seasons to when your students come and when they don't come to youth programs because of sports or whatnot but there's times when I find myself and I'm like I'm burnt out Mm -hmm. Um, after summer you know after big retreats and things like that when you kind of put all your energy in it and so if that happens right away don't think oh I'm done with youth ministry because just work through it and God will still use it I mean and I think I've heard you say that and I feel like Every time I've heard you say that, it's super empowering and freeing. And you're like, I am burnout. I've right. got to recharge. Yeah. And like you say that, when you say that, it's like people around you are like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is serious. Right. He does need to recharge. Right. Everybody says, yeah, he does work. One time I <laughs> heard somebody who like never showed up for work. Mm-hmm. It felt like they never showed up for work. Say they were burnout. And I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> But when you say that, if you are a hard worker, people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that we need to give them their space. Yeah, and I think it's important to voice it, too. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't tell people on your staff, like, hey, I kind of burn out. I need time to recharge or whatnot. They're not going to know, and they're going to st- keep kind of throwing stuff at you or asking you questions all the time and overwhelming you even more, right. making it worse. Well, Mike, thanks for talking about this. We're going to do another podcast about how you stay for a long time in one church next. Uh, So if you like this podcast, just wait a week or so. You'll get another awesome one with Mike. But I want to thank everybody for listening. And really, this is what we do. We want to, for you, when you sit down to work and get online, you don't feel like you're alone, but that there's people like Mike who have been there before there for you. We, We really want to know that we've got your back with games and ideas and lessons and podcasts like this one. You can find more podcasts like this one at youthworkercollective.com slash podcast and all those other resources at youthworkercollective.com. Mm-hmm.